from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thanks for being with us, America. We're so glad you're here. My co-host today, number one best-selling author and host of the Dr. John Deloney Show, Ramsey personality, Dr. John Deloney. We're taking your calls here at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. I I should probably wait, but I'm not going to because I'm just really, really excited. If you happen to be a fan of or even slightly interested in uh, Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson, uh, his podcast on YouTube and his podcast out there. Uh, he has a really great guest that came out today. Dr. John Deloney's on there for an hour and 48 minutes and did not say a thing to get himself fired. That's, so it is a great <laughs> podcast, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. These two intellects uh, hanging out together, I'll watch and get some popcorn and just sit there and just wish I was smart as, as one-fourth of either one of them. But um, I'll hang out and be, be, be watching as a fanboy of both of you. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's a neat hit. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was uh, very, very hospitable, and it was a fun. I I miss sometimes the academic gymnastics that I got to do in my old job, and so it was fun just to talk in circles and have a good time. <laughs> I love it. All right, again. Uh, brilliant mind, brilliant, brilliant mind, man. Yeah, he is. Dr. John Deloney on Jordan Peterson's podcast today. It hit uh, just a few minutes ago or earlier today. So uh, you watch it on YouTube, the full thing. Um, that's one way he puts it out there, and he puts it out in podcast form all over the place as well. So however you choose to consume, we invite you to do so. We'll give, uh, give Jordan a big push. He's speaking for us this year at Summit. Uh, our Entree Leadership Summit event here in May at our uh, for leadership team and for real estate, uh, real estate for small business people. There'll be some real estate people there, but uh, Dr. Deloney and uh, Jordan are two of our speakers on that lineup, um, along with Malcolm Gladwell and myself and several others. So it's going to be uh, quite a knockdown, drag out lineup. Going to be a lot of fun. Thomas starts off this hour in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Hey, Thomas, how are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Better than I deserve, sir. How can we help? I just had a quick question about what to do with uh, parents and possible nursing home and then wanting to divide up the farm. And I uh, didn't know if that was a good option or if we, they should just wait till they might need the money to help pay medical bills. The reason for dividing up the farm is what? Well, the, my dad wants to uh, do it before uh, they might end up in a nursing home. He's wanting to give his family the, the farm. Before. He's worried about the nursing homes taking his farm is basically what it is. Okay. Bad news. He has the money to pay for nursing home. He gets to pay for the nursing home. Yeah, he's probably got it. Yeah, he's probably got two hundred thousand. I think. Yeah. How old in is the he? Bank. How old is he? Eighty. Okay. Um. So let me tell you, there's only two kinds of nursing home: nursing home you mm-hmm. pay for, and welfare nursing home called Medicaid, that is for poor people. Yeah. Your dad don't qualify. He's not poor people. <laughs> no. Okay. I agree. And no amount of splitting up the farm qualifies him for welfare nor is he a man who would have ever signed up for welfare. 
true. Nor does he want to be in a welfare Medicaid nursing home, by the way. Uh, no, I agree. Okay, so let's just start figuring out how we're going to pay for this and uh, start allocating some cash that way. How big's the farm? About 150 acres. Okay, so what do you think the market value of it is? Well, a lot of stuff around here has been selling for probably 20000 an acre. Okay, so like $3 million bucks. Probably, yes, sir. Okay, and and he's owned it a long time? Oh, yes, sir. Okay, all right. Here's what you guys need to do. All right, number one, uh, you guys need to sit down with an estate planner, and here's what they're going to explain to you. And it's a fairly simple idea, okay? If he mm-hmm. dies today and you inherit the farm and you turn around and sell the farm within six months, your taxes are zero. Okay. If he deeds the farm to you and then he dies, your taxes are zero because your basis in the farm at the time of uh, time you inherit anything is the market value of it when you inherit it. And so if you inherit it at $3 million, you and your brothers and sisters, and you sell it for $3 million within six months, you have zero taxes because it's called a stepped-up basis. Your basis for tax purposes, as if your cost basis, is market value at the time of death. You follow me? Yes, sir. If instead he, instead he deeds it to you prior, your basis of a gift, which is what that is, is what he mm-hmm. paid for it, which was next to nothing. So we just created True. taxes on $3 million for no reason. I would not do that. Okay. I would receive it at death. Okay. Much more efficient. Much better Absolutely. off. Absolutely. Yeah. But you need Absolutely. to sit down with an estate planner and lay out what he wants to have done, and he needs to write it down, and that's called a will, and you're freaking 80 years yeah. old. Get your will done. <laughs> Absolutely. Seriously. Okay. It's just a responsible thing to do. And then the second thing you do is you sit down with an investment advisor and um, you start studying nursing homes as a concept because there's a vast array of price ranges out there and services available and ways to do things. This guy's a millionaire. If we sell off $300,000 worth of this land now to pay for his care, his best bet from quality of life and cost is probably just hire a nurse and stay in the house 24 7 in-home care that's what you do when you're a millionaire okay (laughs) yes sir you you just you get to stay in your house and they come and take care of you there it's a higher quality of care it's a one-on-one care they don't have seven beds they're caring for they're caring for one and it's more expensive but it's less expensive because you're not providing housing and food you're already providing that and so it actually ends up being more efficient and a higher quality situation for a millionaire to do that. But it's trouble on you guys because you got to keep hiring the nurses and make sure they're coming in there and taking care of him, checking on him and all that. But it's still the best deal. Anyway, you could do that or you can check out nursing homes, start shopping, finding out what they actually cost and go, I got 200 grand. Before, when I burn through that, how are we going to, what's the next thing we're going to do and lay out a game plan for God's sakes. But hey, hey, Mike, div- yeah. divvying up the farm's not your plan, dude. Yeah, and Mike, okay. thank y- you much. Y'all need to make sure that y'all, as a family, want this land. I've I live out out there in Tennessee in the hills, and man, there's a lot of we're going to keep this forever, and the kids don't want it forever, and it just gets messy. Yeah, he, you know, what are we going to do with it upon death? That's right. Maybe maybe Thomas he lives here. Maybe he wants. Maybe it. Maybe he wants it. Right? Maybe the brothers and sisters don't. Well, let's figure out how we're going to buy each other out upon death. Yep. 
but it all needs to happen post-death for stepped-up basis, and you need a plan with some expertise speaking into it. Estate planner and then study nursing homes. This is The Ramsey Show. cool kids are talking about but let's talk about estate planning and nursing homes for just a second okay um because the cool kids got parents and grandparents that are talking about it number one you don't get free nursing home unless you're poor people and if you lie and hide your stuff to act like poor people that's called fraud and they're really tough on it by the way they will look back five years you move everything out of grandpa's name into your name, and then you stick grandpa in a Medicaid nursing home, they're going to look back five years. If they find it was four years and nine months, you move the farm into your name, they're going to come back, get the farm, because you defrauded the government. You lied. Let's just be real clear. Nursing home has a different place in our psyche and thomas kind of brought this up he used the phrase that a lot of people phrase i'm afraid the nursing home's gonna get all my money no one says that when they go to the car dealer because they're trading money for a car no one says that when they're going to a restaurant because they're trading money for someone to cook their food for them no one says that when you go to a hotel because they provide you a warm bed but when it's a nursing home, suddenly they're a bunch of crooks. No, they're providing a service, taking care of you when you are your least attractive, by the way, mm-hmm. and in the most horrible of situations, and um, you're provi- they're providing a service, and you get to pay for it like you do for everything else. They are not crooks. They are not ripping you off. They are providing us. You don't say about the hospital. Hospital's going to get all my money. You're like, no, please keep me from dying. You know, same thing is true in the nursing home. So first thing is you don't get to dodge this bullet. Second thing is once you're 60 years old, unless you've got millions of dollars, you should get long-term care insurance, which is nursing home insurance. It covers good policies, cover in-home care, which I was discussing earlier, or out of care. Now, here's the thing. In like most states, in-home care would be like 50 grand a year, roughly. Most nursing homes states are going to be 80 to 100 grand a year, give or take. Okay, so just plan on that. But here's the thing you can plan on. By the time you get to the nursing home, sorry, but I'm just helping you with the statistics, not your little feelings. By the time you get to the nursing home, you're at the end. Statistically, you will last 2.4 years. If you break a hip, three months, statistically, okay? So the average nursing home stay is 2.4 years, average. That means some stay longer, but nobody stays 24 years in a freaking nursing home. So the nursing home is not going to get $3 million from you. All right. They're not going to get that much, okay? They're going to get fifty dollars to $100,000 a year, depending on what you sign up for and that kind of a thing, for caring for you in your last days when you are your least attractive, so shut up. Seriously, okay? 
So plan it out. Have And long-term care insurance does not cover long-term. It covers long-term care for two to three years. So, so you've it'll been, cover you for the averages. So if you do a 10-year nursing home stay, your long-term care insurance is going to run out. And you're going to be into your assets. You've been answering this question for years. Why, why do people have this feeling? I have a hypothesis, but I, I may be wrong. Why do you think people are so adverse to nursing homes? I, I, yeah, I have a weird answer. It's probably going to get me a bunch of hate. Okay. But I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. Because you just put me I'll, on the spot. I'll, I'll follow up with mine. Yeah. I'll join you. If it was me. Yes. And you're going to spend my last 300 grand mm-hmm. on Dave, it feels selfish and it feels, and I'm going to die anyway, it feels like a waste. So I, I'm your. Is that is that, is that right? I mean, I, no, 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 no. I'm just like, being real. So here, I, I, if it's me, that's how I'm going to feel. If it's old man Papa Dave, uh-huh. and I'm 82 years old, 88 years old, whatever I am, right? Ain't no way you're living. I'm going to feel like, hey, I ain't got anything anyway. Just get cook some carrots and put me out in the backyard. I mean, it's good. You know, I mean, it's just like I don't want to spend a bunch of money on this. On the it's last just few years, I'm just. It feels wasteful to me. That's just my personal emotions. I don't know if everybody else mirrors that. See, or not. I was thinking of it more as the kid of the adult. Oh, trying to get the money. Well, thinking if I know you got three hundred grand, I've already spent my portion yeah. in my head on. I'm going to pay this off, and then yeah. junior's going to go to college. What do you mean you're going to spend that on this you. kind of care? Yeah. And, and then it becomes it's my money versus that's the money that that, you set aside to care for yourself yeah if you've got a relative that has entitlement syndrome on to your stuff i call they've already spent your inheritance and you ain't even kicked the bucket yet (laughs) um then that's um that that could cause a problem in this discussion too but i don't usually run into that no i usually it's mom and dad how much of it is i can't tell you it's number times i had a call and they already transferred the land oh man and they're like yeah and you know my we already mama she read she talked to her friend at the bridge club who told her to transfer her house into our name and you know they're calling me from north egypt somewhere right some out in the middle of nothing and they're going oh my gosh and, and i'm going you just transferred your only asset which is a, a hundred and fifty thousand dollar house that you paid twenty two thousand for in 1976 and now you're paying taxes on 130 and now grand. you're gonna pay taxes on all that gain because your mother took tax advice from the idiot at the bridge club <laughs> you know and this missed out on the stepped up basis and how much of it how much of it is they don't want the government to get is what that was no let me say it this way and so let's pretend you're my dad i would have some inside deep inside sense of it should probably be me taking care of him Oh, guilt. You should probably be at my house. And huh. the fact that I've got to outsource that is going to be, I'm going to be extra on top of it, coming over the top of my own guilt and my own shame. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. And there's this whole thing, and then we Christianize it and say, honor your mother and father, yeah. which as, as if you caring for them instead of a professional caring for them is more honoring. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Really, give me a break. I actually uh, taught that in Sunday school this week with the adults class about honoring father and mother. What does that actually mean? And what does it look like to care for aging adults? And somebody brought up a great point. They said there's a honor is a part of it and care is a separate part of that conversation. And I mm-hmm. never never pulled that apart. Yeah. We um, do confuse the two when we want to, especially if we want to over-spiritualize it. Yeah. Want to over-guilt somebody. Yeah. yeah. We, if we're over-saved. Yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
Unless you're undersaved, like James. You, tell you, we're gonna get we're gonna get those emails for sure. All right, hey guys, it's not Friday; it's Monday, November the twenty first. But here at Ramsey, Black Friday starts right now. Head to RamseySolutions.com. Get your early access to do our best deals of the year. Prices as low as seven dollars. Uh, no, inflation is not taking place at RamseySolutions.com. We are doing deflation, lower prices for real. I saw didn't, that today. We not only, we not only on my books. didn't go up, but we've cut John's book to $10. <laughs> Out on my books. That's the first time it ever happened to me. It was insulting. Does that insult you? I mean, I was like, my, my new Baby Steps Millionaire, number one bestseller, just came out in January. They already cut it to 10 I did. I did the math on what I was going to get if it sold at full price. So I was oh, surprised. But so I'll, this is all personal now. I mean, I was just insulted on the general premise that oh. my book was cheap. <laughs> You're worried about your wallet. That's right. All right. Questions for human conversation cards. Great for the holidays. Bad news. The Christmas version, John told me a minute ago, is completely sold out. Is that right? Christmas version's out, but we have a few New Year's cards left, and these are for helping you have a conversation up. with your awkward friends and adults. <sighs> yes, your, your, your but relatives, also relatives. get into the new year, man, with some intentionality this year. Yeah. All right, let's check in on Blinds.com. Uh, find out for yourself why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. Free samples, free shipping, new promos they run all the time. You'll save even more. I don't know if we got time to do this. Let's try it. All right, today's question comes from Bill in Rhode Island. I'm 37, I found, out my, I found myself in a lucky spot. Three years ago, I was making around 50 grand. Now I'm clearing over 120 as a cloud engineer. Don't even know what that is. My wife and I combined make about 180. For people like us, it's a bit overwhelming. We have student debt, which we are attacking hard. We have recently been writing checks towards that debt that we used to make up for an entire month. My question is, how do you psychologically process this amount of money growth and don't feel shaken up when paying off large sums of debt? We're going to do this after the break. It's, it's a, a good question. great question. I don't want to answer it in 14 seconds. Probably should have waited after the break. But now we can tease you through the break. You know you want the answer to this. How do you psychologically adjust to making a buttload more money? Yeah. It's not by selling $10 books. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. Are you sick of planned obsolescence? You know, when companies make products crappy, so you have to buy more of their crappy products? Well, me too. And it's why I love companies like Grip6. Grip6 is all about quality products meant to last forever. That's why they're comfortable, bulk-free belts, slimline wallets, and lightweight wool socks all come with a lifetime warranty and simple returns and exchanges. So check them out at Grip6.com today and get up to 20% off with the promo code RAMSEY. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, host of the Dr. John Deloney Show, featured on the Jordan Peterson podcast this week, is my co-host. Quite an introduction at every break. Yeah, okay. So, Blinds.com, let's go back again and read this. Our question of the day from Blinds.com, the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. Always use the promo code RAMSEY when you get there. Now, do it again. 
All right, today's question comes from Bill in Rhode Island. Bill says, I'm 37, and I really found myself in a lucky spot. Just three years ago, I was making around 50 grand, and now I'm clearing over $120,000 as a cloud engineer. Rain dancer. He's a rain dancer. Correct. Correct. Just, just making my, sure you know what that is. My wife and I combined make about $180,000, and to be honest, for people like us, man, I hate that language, but I know it. I feel it in my guts. It's a bit overwhelming. We have student debt, which we are attacking hard, and we have recently been writing checks towards that debt that used to be what we made for an entire month. My question is, how do you psychologically process this amount of money growth and don't feel shaken up when paying off large sums of debt? I also know more is coming as my wife and I are committed to not allow... Oh, I'm not even at a management level, which on average comes with a 30% increase. My wife and I are committed not to allow our growth and in income to become the life sucker I've heard about on this show. I get this at a in my bones because I grew up with not a lot and money was a big struggle at my home. And Dave, you and I, I've, I've come to you for wisdom on this um, because money was for those people and vacations were what those guys did and those shoes were what they and those cars were for them. And it was it, it, it's it's bizarre finding yourself in those shoes and then saying, what do I, what do, I do? Because I'm not them. I'm one of those, right? It's, yeah, it, I think there's it's two tough th- on there's two things you got to process there. Um, one is, uh, am I worthy of this? And he's got that language. I'm, I, know, I just I got know. lucky. Yeah, is all that in there? And, yeah. and so, yeah, you got to walk away from that part of it. And then the second part is kind of, I think, more maybe even more what he's asking about, but he doesn't realize it. it is um, it, you do have to psychologically adjust to more money. I mean, it's 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 a thing. I mean, I like we spend more on coffee at Ramsey per month for the team here than I used to make in a year. I have to psychologically adjust to that. <laughs> I mean, when I sit down and I see that on the P&L, P&L, it still simultaneously pisses me off, scares me, makes me feel proud, right? Exactly. All, this, all, all the same it. time. Yes. All the same time. Like, what? And, oh, God! And, well, I guess I can do that. You know? It's like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It's like simultaneously, right? And so, it's God! And, and it, but it's, it's zeros. It's emotional. And uh, the only way I have found for that part of it, not the identity part, but the part of just the shock of the zeros, of I spend more on blank than I ever made in a year, which is kind of what he said. Right. We just sent, sent off more to Sally Mae than I ever made in a year before, or a month before, or whatever, it, is you just, the only way you... You get used to it as you do it more. <laughs> you just you live in it more. I mean, so somebody that has lived with a three hundred thousand dollar income for ten years is more psychologically adjusted to that than someone who's lived with it for three months. That's right. And so that that's normal. So that will solve itself. Uh, and you got to be careful because right. you can get to taking it for granted, kind of a thing, um, and not counting your blessings and all of those sorts of things, not feeling grateful for all you of des- it. Like now, you deserve. Now this. I deserve three hundred. What do you mean, just three hundred? You know, right. never even solved three hundred. You said three hundred pennies. You know, yeah. but, um, and but no, not now I am. But then the second part of it is, you, you know, are you worthy? And, and you know, you have to. That's a spiritual walk and a psychological walk to say, okay, what makes me worth? something in the marketplace is it my is it god loves me more well no he loves poor people as much as he loves rich people 
and he loves rich people as much as he loves poor people for those of you that are socialists and so um he loves everybody that and he doesn't you know you don't love one kid that's talented more than the kid that's not talented sure um you know you they're just all my kids I, i've got you know everybody's got a spectrum of them you know and so that that's part of it so god it's not a god's love thing he's not blessing you beyond someone else um so what is it that's causing the money it's you're doing something that's worth more to society it's an economic transaction and once you kind of separate that out from your spiritual worth or your psychological worth or and, and then some idiot from the old neighborhood will say something like you've gotten too big for your britches oh yeah <laughs> like you noticed yeah, i've been putting on a little weight liking donuts but yeah i had to change britches a time or two but that wasn't what they were meant that's right <laughs> they that's were right. talking about my waistline or talking about uh oh, you're, you're yeah. fancy now yeah. yeah you're fancy now and you know i've had that happen actually on this show mm-hmm. you know you go back and listen to this show if you could get a tape of it from 20 years ago it's been i've been on there 30 years it sounds ridiculously exactly the same <laughs> Like the same level of boldness, the same level of carrying on, the same level of whatever, same level of kindness and compassion when someone's hurting, the same level of in your face when you're stupid. And and yet it never fails that someone comes along and they go, you know, I used to listen to you, but now, now that you've gotten big, you know, now you changed. Well, I didn't change, honey. <laughs> go back and listen to other shows. You're the one changed. <laughs> so I've had, it's interesting. I've had to get rid of for people like us language like he writes yeah. about in this question yeah. because i had pigeonholed myself as identity it's an identity yeah and you gave me some wisdom early on that has really been important for me in fact just this morning i was talking to hank about it my 12 year old um you said when you're making this transition remember ratios and mm-hmm. that's been very important for me in that like you like Man, if we could scratch together, <laughs> Sheila and I, if we could scratch together enough to get some spaghetti every day for the week, mm-hmm. man, that was great, yeah, right? Yeah. And then we went out with a couple from work the other day, and the bill came. I thought that I used to be a lot of groceries, right? And but the percentage of right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the percentage of what my take home salary what used to be versus and so and my dead income all that the ratio has been really important yeah it, it just it tells you if you're out of line that's exactly right okay because you're not people like you used to be you're people like you are now that's right and so don't i you know your identity can be i came from there it's like condoleezza rice's uh uh line it doesn't matter where you're coming from all that matters where you're going to that's right and so you know if you don't where you grew up is is part of your story but it is not necessarily who you are today. That's right. Your level of education is part of your story, but it's not necessarily who you are today. Um, these are all elements of who you are today, but um, I'm not the same person that little David Ramsey at 3713 Faulkner Drive was. Thank goodness, right? Yeah, because he wasn't real bright. <laughs> <laughs> John Deloney wasn't either. But Can I also, you imagine the dumb butt stuff I've done on a bicycle? I, I appreciate <laughs> you and everyone we work with um, I I think the ethos of this place it's right over there on the wall don't despise humble beginnings um, always making sure we're tipping folks and taking care of people never forgetting those moments that when, when you couldn't rub two pennies together right it, I think I think there's an ethos here yeah and and in that sense you remember you know what is the, the hillbilly my, my hillbilly upbringing don't forget your raisin <laughs> i'll always love raisins but i don't know what they're talking about I love yeah. raisins. don't forget your raisin how you were brought up don't yeah. forget how you were brought up right 
And so there's some good things you want to do with that. I'm loyal to vendors that have been with us forever because part of my raising was you dance with the girl that brought you. Yep. You know, so there's some good things in there um, that you stick with uh, that are principles, but the identity that the only way I'm wholly me is to be poor. Right. Not true. That's right. That, that's, an, that's a false identity. So, yeah, there's two things you have to do. Is one, you have to adjust the identity. And the second thing is you just get used to Practice. with ratios the, uh, the use of money of that amount. And it's going to mean you're driving cars and you're going to look up and you go, I got a friend made $15 million last year. And he drove up the other day in a $400,000 car. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> ah! who needs a? Oh, wait a minute. It's it's less than a guy making 150000 spending on a $4,000 car. Uh, exactly the same ratio. It's no big deal. Yeah. I mean, he can drive a stupid thing off a cliff, and as long as nobody's hurt, it ain't going to hurt him. He'll be all right. It's like, you know, but it's in my, where, you know, where you come from is like, shots your system. This is The Ramsey Show. Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, host of the Dr. John Deloney Show, is my co-host today. Now, we talk a lot about the things you need to do to be successful with money. Let me tell you what one I miss. You need to learn not only gratitude, but unbelievable generosity. And generosity is actually a muscle you can build. This is a time of year when we have the opportunity to build that. And uh, your generosity muscle, you can start you can start building it in your children when they're young. You can just decide today. I'm going to change my generosity. You can ch- decide the amount of money, the percentage, uh, the methodology. Uh, those of us that are evangelical Christians, we start with a tithe, 10% of our income to our local church. Uh, but you can start wherever you want to start. But generosity is a keystone among people who win at life and at money. Now, I find a few people, not many, but a few, percentage-wise, I would say less than 10%, probably approaching 5%, that actually do very well with money who are just straight-up Scrooge and they're selfish. But the vast majority, 95% plus, that do well with money also have their generosity muscle built, and it affects their handling of money in a positive way. They end up with more money because they're generous. So we do an annual giving show. This year it'll be on December the 14th. It's our last live broadcast. That's not the uh, truth. We're doing it earlier this year. We're not doing it as our last live. It usually is our last live broadcast of the year. James is correcting me. This year, we're going to do it early, December the 14th, and we're going to hear giving stories and receiving stories. Some of you that have had your mind blown by some giving you've been involved in or had your mind blown by some receiving that has happened to you. And all of this is to inspire America to be more generous. If I add up what we spend on Halloween decorations and on pets, we could not have a single hungry person in America today, and we could build six hospitals and operate them for a decade the size of St. Jude's. Free care. Just what we spend on Halloween decorations and pets. Now, I'm not against Halloween decorations, and I'm not against pets. I'm saying there's money in this country. That's all I'm saying. 
And generosity always is a good thing for the whole society and you as an individual. So we always want to inspire more of that. So send your giving and receiving stories to be part of the December 14th uh, show to ask at RamseySolutions.com. Ask at RamseySolutions.com. I dare say some chemicals are unleashed in the brain when you give. It's one of my favorite episodes of the year. I, I, last year, I was just sat here in awe and just inspired. It was incredible, man. Incredible. I look forward to um, telling my story about Dave when he buys us all cars. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm just kind of putting that out in the universe. Are you? Yeah. yeah. The universe just said no. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, guys. Sorry. I, I speak to the universe regularly. <laughs> you do. It listens to you, man. It never listens to me. He just responds in the voice of Dave or my wife. <laughs> Mike is in Montana. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Dave? Better than I deserve. What's up? Good. Uh, well, uh, my wife and I have been in Babesip 3B for about 30 months now, and we are wondering uh, if we're getting a little too long and we should start moving things around or what? Um, we're in an area where we think that we can find a house for 180. Uh, it's a sale price. Um, and my take home pay is such that 25% would make us have a $51,000 down payment. Um, but if we cheated that 25 up to 30%, we would only need 28, which is about what we would have by the summer. So I'm wondering if that's something that is acceptable or if i'm if i if we should just go take a cold shower or something <laughs> yeah okay let's pan back for a second and say okay why do we have a ratio on the size of house payment not not how not how much can i get away with why do we why do we teach you that well we teach you that because if your house payment is too freaking big as a percentage of your income you can't breathe you have no margin and then everything other than the house becomes a crisis because the house is pinching you, and that's what we in our business call house poor. Now, you know all that, right, Mike? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. And so to the extent you go over 25%, you start moving in that direction. But I've had people call here with a house payment that's 50% of their take-home pay. And no kidding, they can't breathe. They've got to sell that house if they can't double their income pretty quick. So if you want to, quote, unquote, cheat yourself, because there's no one else in this discussion but you and your wife and your mm -hmm. kids, right? You cheat yourself in your future. Yep. Uh, up on the 30% side, because you got a little bit of house fever, what's the trade-off? Well, wh under what circumstances would that be wise or less wise, okay? Uh, if, if your company is uh, announcing that it's probably going to have layoffs this summer, well, that would be totally stupid then. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're in a job where your income's probably going to go up 30% in the next two years, then pretty quickly your house payment's going to be 25% of your take home pay. If you're going to uh, buy this house at 30% of your income and then have the third baby and your wife says she wants to be home and now it's 48% of your take home pay, well, that's obviously not going to work. So it kind of has to do with future plans, right? Mm -hmm. So how, yeah. how stable is your income? What do you, what do you do? Uh, well, I'm actually switching into a job, um, and we're calculate, uh, switching into tech from being a trucker. Um, so that's, uh, paying for school for that is part of why it's taking us, you know, the 30 months and three, baby step three B. Okay. Um, when will you, is, when will you be making the switch? Uh, that'll be end of next summer. 
August, September, somewhere in there. Okay. Um, and we're we're basing these numbers on what I'm estimating that to be. Uh, my wife is planning on c- coming home. She's currently working as a nurse. She's planning on coming home when we have her third child in May. Whoa. I got like, whoa, that, <laughs> like I've done this before or something. Okay. Yes, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> All right. And so, yeah. So, you know, when the smoke clears, you're at 30% in a new career. Correct. Yep. Um, and, and until the smoke clears, um, you're at better than 30%. Because your trucker plus her income before the third kid comes and before you switch. No, no, no. no. The, the the 30% will be based on just my income um, after I switch jobs. Yeah, that's what so, I said, when the smoke clears. Okay. And she quits. Oh, yeah. 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 And she quits. Yeah. So, But it should yeah. be more, it should be less than 30% with both of you working in the meantime, right? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It'll yeah. be... Okay. I, do, I don't have those numbers, but yeah. Yeah, and then what do you think the trajectory is on your income after you get the new job? Um. The information I have says that it'll go up quite a bit. Um, okay. Then you're not going to be at 30% like for very long. Years. Okay. So okay. what we're looking at here is we want to look at the film strip, not the snapshot. Okay. The film strip is your whole life all the way out. Are we, are we strapping ourselves to a house long term? And what you're doing is you're going in and out. Start with you're going to be below. Then you're going to be up to 30. And then you're going to – but 30 is just passing through because then four months into the new job, you get another raise, right? Or whatever, eight months in, whatever, that kind of a thing. So you may have one year of tight, but it's not. But your plan is not to live a life of being home po- house poor. Then that starts to be more wise than I work uh, for the state. I get a 3% raise every year, and my wife's going to quit in two years, and then we're really going to be screwed. No, we're not signing up for that one. Right. Okay. You see the difference? I do see the difference. Yes, sir. Yeah. So that... So, Dave, this makes me nervous. Okay. Because I maybe it's my years of working with young professionals, but I can't think of a group that overestimates what they're going to be making in 18 months and then make current fiscal decisions based on mm-hmm. this imaginary growth mm-hmm. that may or may not come. Does that make sense? Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's what you might be facing, what John's pointing out. If this doesn't go the way you think, you may be faced with your wife keeps working or you have to sell the house. Mm-hmm. Or if you had if you had to stay a trucker in three years, could you make this house payment? No. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> not without going over the road, which is something I would yeah, rather not, sell. Yeah, not with her coming home. Yeah. Yeah, so you may end up trading her being home for this house if the career path doesn't work out like your plan. So you may have to go all in on the career plan, right? Yeah, you got to yeah. make this thing work. Yeah, yeah, and or... You go, hey, it's just a house. We gave it a shot. And it's more important that we move to a smaller house. It's more important that she stays home. That's right. And that's that's more important to us than that particular house. Yeah. And you you just sell the house. Also, you can refinance the house when interest rates come down. That'll help. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's John Deloney, co-host of The Ramsey Show. Did you know over 18 million people listen to The Ramsey Show every week? A lot of those people listen on one of our 600-plus radio stations across the country. To find a station near you, go to RamseySolutions.com show.